This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Riley's going to keep it and then throw. And Adarius Pullman's got a pair. Touchdown Eskimos. This one from 51 to tie it. Ball is up. And it is through. Sean White has done it again. It's off the boards. Two on two Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net. Back hitter towards side. He scores. Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight and wins the game in overtime. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Inside Sports is on the road, live from the South Okanagan Events Center in Penticton, British Columbia. As we get you ready for the Oilers' opening game at the annual Young Stars Tournament, on the ice in front of me right now, 11 and a half minutes to go in the second period. The Oilers or the Flames and the Jets are tied 1-1. Oilers will play at 8:30 Edmonton time. We will have the play-by-play for you, Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer. You're going to get to hear about Yessi Puliarve. The Oilers took him fourth overall at the draft back in June. Fell into their lap after unexpectedly Columbus took Pierre-Luc Dubois at number three. And we'll preview that game for you tonight. Of course, we'll talk about your Edmonton Eskimos as they face another big one going into Saskatchewan into Taylor Field for the last time on Sunday. That game is on 6.30, Chad. 1 o'clock pregame show, 2.30 for the kickoff. Last visit to Taylor Field for the Eskimos as they try to sweep the season series from the struggling Rough Riders. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is 6.07 in Edmonton, 5.07 here in Penticton. Thanks for tuning in tonight. And yeah, this Young Stars game should be an interesting one tonight. I mean, last year, so much hype was around Connor McDavid. He wound up only playing the, the very first game against the Vancouver Canucks. Leon Dreisaitl was here. Darnell Nurse was here. Dreisaitl here after playing about half a season in the NHL the year before. Uh, Paul Yarve is certainly going to be the main attraction for the Oilers roster this season, which does feature their three top picks from the 2016 draft. I mentioned Paul Yarvey going in the first round. They took Tyler Benson, Edmonton product from the Southside Athletic Club in the second round. Now, he is not going to play tonight. I don't know if you heard Bob Green earlier today on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, but Benson suffered a bit of a, a shoulder tweak playing for the Vancouver Giants in a Western Hockey League exhibition game. He is listed as day-to-day, so maybe we see him tomorrow when the Oilers play the Flames or uh, maybe on Monday afternoon when the Oilers take on the Jets, and we're going to have all those games for you right here on Ched. Maybe he even plays both, but uh, he's on the roster as well. And I'm very curious to see tonight Marcus Niemelainen, big defenseman, six foot five. Well, he's he's tall. He's uh, not quite as thick as he's probably going to be someday. Six foot five, around 195, 200 pounds. The Oilers took him third in Buffalo in June. 
the third round, 63rd overall. He played it for the Saginaw Spirit in the Ontario Hockey League last season. Uh, won gold at the U18 Championships with Finland. Uh, his coach in Saginaw described him as a guy with a good reach, uh, a good skater who uh, hopefully is going to round into being a little bit more of an offensive defenseman as he gets a little older. So he is going to play tonight. Keep an eye on in net on Nick Ellis, who the Oilers signed to a two-year entry-level contract in April. He played for Providence College last season and had otherworldly numbers, 25-7-4, a 1.80 goals against average, and a 9.36 save percentage, so maybe a prospect in net for the Edmonton Oilers. And Drake Kajula is going to play tonight, and he's a guy that you know, could have a shot here to make the Oilers roster. He, he is a center. He played for North Dakota, won an NCAA title, uh, had a really good offensive season with 25 goals and 51 points in the NCAA. Not a big guy, about 5'10", 185, but, uh, you know, a, a, a team here that has obviously been desperate for centers over the years, and then let's face it, still is, because you know, you don't know where Dreisaitl is going to play. Is he going to go to the wing? You don't know what kind of a season Anton Lander is going to have after the way the last year went for him. So, uh, you know, Kajula will be a guy looking to prove himself over this weekend and into the Golden Bears game as well. So those are some of the storylines as we move along. And uh, this Oilers team this weekend coached by Jerry Fleming. Obviously, you want to win. That's why you play the game. But it's to see how guys react, uh, not only to the play, but the whole environment of this tournament. Like this tournament is their really their first taste of what an NHL team goes through. And from eating in the morning and waking up and meetings and pregame skate and postgame and all the stuff that's involved in the typical NHL day. So you like to see how they react to that. And obviously, at the end of the day, you want to see how they're going to perform against other teams' top prospects. So, yeah, you want to win. But at the same point, there is a lot of note-taking. For you, this is an amalgamation of so many different styles. The NCAA Division One level, the Western League, you know, mixed in with a little bit of the Quebec and Ontario leagues. Is that difficult at all to harness into what you're trying to establish right off the bat for these players? Well, I know you've got European and U.S. players and a lot of people coming, but I think hockey's hockey at the end of the day, and guys just let their abilities and their skill take over. I, I think in the first couple of uh, shifts, there's that nervous energy, and once that goes away, guys settle into what they do best. For Oiler fans who are thinking, what are the ramifications of this camp, maybe meaning for the Oilers this year? Who are some faces that, that people should be listening for and, and maybe paying attention to that have struck you right off the top? Well, is a pretty good player, obviously. Pujarvi's a good player. Uh, but, you know, the, the exception to that is you've got guys like Braden Christopher last year who came in and got himself a contract. So there's always those uh, guys that you really don't expect to uh, shine that come out and have a great tournament. Like, before the tournament starts, uh, meetings that we have, we talk about guys, it's your opportunity you now to showcase your abilities to the organization, uh, to your teammates, and to step out of your comfort zone. So that's what we're looking for, guys, to really make an impact uh, in a positive way and leave a good impression in everybody's mouth. Is another example of that, and I hate to pick on one guy, but tonight's starter, Nick Ellis, I mean, does he have a chance with this first impression to potentially take the first step towards gaining meaningful playing time in Bakersfield this year and being a guy who maybe comes out of the woodwork a little bit? Definitely, you know, and it's going to be contingent on the way he plays, obviously, but, uh, you know, based on his practices and the way he's performed at uh, goalie camps throughout the summer, uh, all in 
indications is it seems like he may uh, he may get an opportunity in Bakersfield. So we'll, we'll see that, that. You know, there's a lot of variables that are involved. So you don't want to put the cart in front of the horse here, but we'll see how he does tonight. And is he among a list of seven or eight guys in that position that could conceivably down the line play significant roles for you and, and ultimately who knows at no, the end of the year? Normally guys at this tournament have come up and played some some pretty good minutes for us. So again, you know, there's there's so many things that can happen, uh, Jack, that, that you just you can't foresee. So it's just all guys can really focus on is how they're going to play tonight and how they're going to perform throughout this tournament. All right, so that's Jerry Fleming. He's the coach of the Oilers AHL team, the Bakersfield Condors. He'll coach the Oilers Young Stars this weekend and against the Golden Bears on Wednesday night. Talking to Jack Michaels, he's going to call the game tonight for you on 6.30, Chet. And uh, he touched on there being different uh, guys coming from different levels. Certainly, you know, we mentioned some guys who've been drafted pretty high by the Oilers, some NCAA players getting shots. I mean, there's even a guy like uh, Carson Stadnick here who uh, went to St. Louis Blues process bank cap last year. He's committed to play for the University of Saskatchewan this year after playing for Everett in the Western Hockey League. Some, uh, you know, connections to, to the city of Edmonton, to the Oilers Entertainment Group. You have a guy like Thomas Foster from Slave Lake. He played for the Vancouver Giants. He's the younger brother of former Edmonton Oil King and former U of A Golden Bear TJ Foster. And on on defense, there's a, there's a couple higher profile guys to watch as well besides Marcus Niemelainen, who I mentioned earlier. Ethan Bear is in this tournament again, and he was drafted by the Oilers in the fifth round in 2015, and all he did last year with Seattle was as a defenseman, almost average a point a game. He had 19 goals and 65 points in 69 games, and he was named to the Western Conference All-Star team in the Western Hockey League, and and Ethan Bear, a, a player who really turned a lot of heads last season, and, and you project with him, man, if he keeps developing, is is he the type of guy who could help the Oilers on the power play, power play from the back end? I mean, they've been crying out for a, a true power play quarterback for a few years now. And Caleb Jones is going to play tonight as well. Like Bear, drafted in 2015, he went in the fourth round. He played for Portland, uh, he played for Portland in the dub last season. Had a pretty respectable season himself. I mean, 55 points in 72 games. And, of course, he's the younger brother of Seth Jones. So a, a few different storylines, a few different individuals to pay attention to tonight as we take you into the opener of the Young Stars Classic coming up at 8.30 here on 6.30 Chad. By the way, you can always text 6.30-6.30. Our open line number is 780-496-0063. And this portion of Inside Sports is brought to you by Northlands Park Racetrack and Casino. The Alberta Breeders Fall Classic returns to Northlands Park tomorrow. You can be there for a great day of racing. I referenced Drake Kajula. Jerry Fleming talked about him in that interview, and Kajula certainly basking in the glow of an NCAA championship. Keep tabs on guys from college. It's just a, it's a small community. Everyone knows everybody, and um, you know you see a lot more college guys moving up to the professional ranks now. So there's definitely a little bit of a brotherhood there, and you follow those guys that you're com- either competing against or competing with. And uh, you know it's definitely it's uh, it's fun to do that. So it's nice to kind of look at the other college guys and see where they're at and, and see how you're doing compared against them and stuff like that. Is there an edge at all coming to this camp, being 22, 20? 
23 as opposed to being 18, 19. Do you feel like you're a more polished player? Um, you know, I just, I'm not too worried about that. I just try to go in and play my game and, and just worry about what I can control and, and just focus on myself and make sure that, you know, I'm doing the, the, the right things offensively and defensively and, and trying to be a complete player. Um, you know, I'm not worried about my age compared to anybody else's. I'm just trying to do what I do and, um, you know, try and prepare myself as much as I can for the main camp. And I know this, this tournament here is a good stepping stone to kind of get your feet wet and prepare yourself for that next step. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. I mean, is it fair to say that if your goal is to play games at the NHL level sometime this year, that this is a first step toward doing that in terms of making a positive first impression? Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, the start of the season. Everything's getting kicked off right now, and it's nice to kind of get your foot, feet in the water. And, um, you know, this is definitely a stepping stone in the right direction. Hopefully you uh, can have a good weekend and build off that and get some confidence heading into main camp. And, um, you know, it's not going to make or break your season by any means, but uh, it would definitely be a good start to, you know, get off into a good start. In what areas did you improve your game the most from the start of your career at the University of North Dakota to now? Because I think it's fair to say that you've got different goals in mind than perhaps you did three or four years ago. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the biggest thing was consistency, just showing up to the rink every day and giving it my best. Um, when I was a freshman, you know, I'd have a good weekend here and a, and a bad weekend the next weekend, then a good weekend, then a bad weekend. And uh, I think towards the end of my career, I was able to put back to back to back to uh, good weekends and play consistent throughout my entire season. And, um, you know, obviously uh, my offensive numbers started to pick up because of that. And, um, you know, I also think that being a complete player was uh, another thing for myself going in. Um, I was thinking about a lot of offense and my coaches kind of turned me around and, and made me think about playing a lot of defense. And I think towards the end of my career, I became a great two-way player. The old defense generates offensive opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Our line last year, we, we pride ourselves on creating turnovers and turning that into offense. And I think we did a great job with that. I, th I think our line was top three and plus minus in the nation. So uh, that just goes to show that we played a lot of good defense and that uh, also led to a lot of our offense. That is Drake Kajula ready to go for the Oilers tonight. He's expected to center the aforementioned Jesse Pugliarve along with Joey Benick expected to be on the left side. Benick's an interesting story. He used to play in this building when he played junior A hockey for the Penticton V's. He won an RBC Cup with them in 2012 and now he's coming off four years at St. Cloud State. We will continue getting you ready for this game. Glenn Hanlon from the Vancouver Giants is ahead as well and of course we'll keep you updated on the scoreboard. Another important night for the Blue Jays and the Golden Bears football team in action too. Live from Penticton, it is 518 here, it is 618 in Edmonton it's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader 630 Chet. Well, i got to tell you, that's quite a start to the university football game in Winnipeg tonight. The game is only 5 minutes and 20 seconds old, and it is already 10-7 for Alberta leading Manitoba. The Golden Bears got an early field goal. Then they scored a defensive touchdown on a fumble recovery, and then Manitoba came back with a quick touchdown. So 10-7, uh, the 0-2 Golden Bears leading the 0-2 Manitoba Bisons early in the first quarter. Here in Penticton, the opening game of the Young Stars Tournament, 1-1 Calgary and Winnipeg, 3 minutes left in the second period. Canadian Football League action tonight late in the first half, 9-8. Montreal is leading Hamilton. That's the Hall of Fame game. Of course, we had former Argo and Eskimo Mookie Mitchell in studio earlier this week. If you missed that one, really uh, entertaining hour of radio. That's on the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com. Baseball tonight, Blue Jays later against the Angels. 
Baltimore trails Tampa Bay 4-2 after 5. Boston leads the Yankees 2-0 in the top of the fourth. Of course, the AL East right now is Boston 2 up on both Toronto and Baltimore, and Toronto and Baltimore are up, uh, are tied for the wild. They're both in the wild card spot, tied. Detroit and Seattle two games back. So uh, we'll watch those games as we go along tonight. 8.30 tonight, play-by-play between the Oilers and the Canucks here in Penticton. Matthew Benning will be wearing uh, an Oilers uniform. He grew up watching the Oilers in St. Albert. He recently signed a uh, two-year entry-level deal with the club, and uh, after playing at Northeastern, he's making the transition from the NCAA. It's exciting that we're all kind of moving on in a new chapter in, uh, in our careers, but uh, that, that was then, and now is now, and it's, it's different now. They're, they're, they're good guys, and we're just looking forward to playing a good game. Matt, let me ask you in terms of, of goal setting for this type of tournament. Uh, for you, I imagine, you've got your own goals, maybe playing some games at the National Hockey League level this year. Do you look at this as a first step to make a first impression on uh, some coaches you may be seeing down the pike? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the players here are really good, and they're, they're close to making that step. And for me, it's um, just getting used to the speed and getting used to the type of play. Um, pro, pro hockey is a lot different than college hockey. Um, so just excited about the opportunity and hopefully I adapt fast. And here at a tournament like this, I would think you're going to be dealing with a bit of a hybrid. I mean, the NCAA, a bit more structure, I think it's fair to say. And then, uh, you know, a lot of the guys here, you're going to be playing with Caleb tonight out of the Western League. Is that an adjustment for you in terms of, of picking up on some of the nuances? I think a little bit. I think that the, the Western League is a little bit different. They play a lot more games in college. In college, you're you can three on three, like a three you, you give it 110 all, every, all, all the time. And where there, you're playing more games. Maybe you guys are more tired and it's more structured or more um, trapping kind of thing. But I mean, for the most part, it's the same thing. And, and I think that uh, we'll just read off each other and hopefully we uh, play solid tonight. In terms of coming to Edmonton's camp, the obvious connection is is Peter Shirelli who, who drafted you. Does does that make uh, you know a difference in terms of your mindset as far as where to go? Uh, in terms of coming here? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, he he, he knows me. He kind of knows where I started from and uh, what kind of player I was when he drafted me. And I'm a different player now, I think. So um, I think definitely we've had that relationship o- over the years and being in Boston. And then uh, we, we met up again here in Edmonton, which is a good thing. What's the biggest thing you need to show in terms of maybe an area of improvement of your game over the last four years that will get you to that next level you want to be at? I think definitely speed. Um, just keeping up with the speed, knowing my gaps, knowing my angles on the players. Um, they're, they're all really good players, and I think that I just need to play solid defensively. I think that uh, I take pride in the D zone, and I think that I need to continue to show that I'm, I'm a good defender and that, that type of thing, so go for that. All right, that is Matthew Benning in conversation with Jack Michaels. Matthew Benning expected to be paired with Caleb Jones tonight on defense as the Oilers' young stars get ready to take on the Canucks. Play-by-play of that game two hours away. We'll continue to tee it up for you. We'll talk a little Eskimos riders, and we'll continue our look around the Western Hockey League. We've been doing it all week long here on Inside Sports. Glenn Hanlon, now the general manager of the Vancouver Giants. He's up after the news. Inside Sports on Chad, live from Penticton.
Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Live in Penticton, British Columbia. Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, my name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 6.34 in Edmonton, 5.34 here in B.C. My name is Reed Wilkins. Kellen Kennedy back at our 6.30. Chad studio tonight. Kellen, old boy, how are you doing? Doing great. How's the weather in Penticton, Reed? Uh, it's hot. I got to tell you, though, the accommodations, this, this is a really nice rink, especially considering it's a, it's a junior A team mm-hmm. that plays here. There's actual bowl seating, you know, with actual flip-down comfortable seats, and there's, they have luxury boxes and things like that. A very nice press box that's in the corner of the rink. I tweeted out a picture of it uh, earlier if people want to look at my view. Yeah. And I was just checking out some of the uh, refreshments available here, and some of the food available in the press box. We have a, a bowl of free popcorn. Right on. We have a uh, tray of baking, cool. which, I, which I can't eat because, it, I, because of my peanut allergy. I, right, right. I may be eating something and uh the uh the soda selection schweppes ginger ale that's it since 1783 just schweppes ginger ale that was the only option i was a little surprised no no coke product no coke no pepsi just some schweppes ginger ale but there's water up there too right just hang on i'm having a sip right now I haven't had a Schweppes ginger ale since I was a lad living in Evansburg. And? Well, it's, uh, it's, it wouldn't be one of my highly rated pops, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. But uh, that's, that's okay, I'm enjoying it. I don't drink a lot of pop, but since I'm on a road trip, I, I'm enjoying a beverage tonight. Calgary leading Winnipeg 2-1 here after two. Opening game of the Young Stars Classic here in Penticton. Oilers and Canucks at 8.30. So we'll have play-by-play of that for you. Tomorrow at 6, we have World Cup action, Canada and the Czech Republic. And then we have the Oilers and Flames Young Stars game at the conclusion of uh, that one. There, sh- there shouldn't be too much of an overlap, so uh, that'll be pretty cool. Big weekend of sports here on 6.30, Chad. And, of course, the Eskimos and the Rough Riders. 2.30 kickoff on Sunday. We'll sign on with the pregame show at 1 o'clock, and Morley Scott is in Regina. He'll join us later on in the show. Hey, we've been going around the Western Hockey League all week here on 6.30. Ched, we featured the Oil Kings and their home opener sellout yesterday. More on that on 6.30ched.com. We had Saskatoon Blades play-by-play voice Les Lazaric on the show. We had uh, Jason Smith on the show, the former Oiler. He's now the head coach of uh, of the Kelowna Rockets. So we've had a lot of great guests. And today we go out to Vancouver to talk to the new general manager of the Vancouver Giants, former NHL goaltender Glenn Hanlon. Glenn, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Great. It's always good to be on here. Aaron Edmonton. Yeah, good good to talk to you, and uh, good to talk to I, I, I probably have uh, your hockey card from, I don't know what team, somewhere in a box in my basement. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, can I tell you something? It's time to clean out the basement because they're not worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if I ever meet you, I'll get you to sign it, and that would double the value. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you're... Uh, you're uh, 
your thoughts on inve- on uh, collecting cards you might have to shift a little bit. There's a lot better ones out there. Most of my cards were, were having goals scored on me too, so I'm not sure that that's been a lot of fun for collecting cards. Do you, you know, I want to ask you, because I, I work with, with Rob Brown, the former Pittsburgh Penguin, yep. and a couple other teams, and he gets... Uh, fan mail sent here to, to 630 Ched. People want something signed. They, like, Do you get stuff like that, or do people ever approach you with memorabilia cards, anything like that? You know what? It's, it's amazing. Like, uh, This is such a great game, and it's such a global game, and the, our fans are fans for life, and that, that's what I love about our game, and I think that I was talking, we just did something here we have on our opening night, we have the Gordie Howe sweater, and we were talking about uh, the great players, and they were asking, well, are, are there still going to be great players 10 years from now and legends in, in the league? And I said, yeah, for sure there are. I said, we're developing them every decade, and they go from Howe, and then they go to Gretzky and Messier, and then they come into uh, Lemieux, and then they get into Crosby, and now we've got McDavid. And I said, the one common thread that goes through all of these great players on the ice, they're ambassadors off the ice. And they're really good, good, solid people. So what that does, it makes our hockey fans fans for life. And uh, we, we, all of us, even us, the, the, all of us that have had uh, below, medio- <laughs> below mediocre careers uh, still have an opportunity for someone to make our day and we receive a card. And that kind of gives you a little jump in your step. Yeah, for sure. Well, and your career is an interesting one because uh, you, you've kept pretty busy after your your playing career ended in, in coaching and, and now in managing. Was was that always a goal of yours, that after you played you'd, you'd become a coach, become a manager, or how did, how did that develop for you? Uh, you know, it, it really didn't. Uh, it was funny. My, my last, after my last year, I think it was in the way, I don't even want to say the year, way back in 92, and uh, I was still trying to get a job throughout the course of the summer and it got into, say, the end of July, early August and things didn't look great. So I said, now what am I going to do? And you started to take an inventory on, on where you are financially, where you are going forward, what you've got for education and uh, what you think about your future and how you want to spend it. And the one thing that kept on resonating with me is that the game has been part of my life since I was a little guy and I wanted to do whatever it took to uh, to stay in the game, and I started to look for jobs either in uh, commentating or into uh, coaching or any sort of capacity to stay in the game. And I was lucky enough to get a job as a goalie coach with the Vancouver Canucks to go back home again. And uh, Quinn hired me to play about three days, and coaching was so much fun. I enjoyed it so much, and I might have been one of the few players that actually enjoyed coaching more than I did playing. And I, I loved playing, so it's been a I've been fortunate. I've stayed in the game, and uh, we're just back here home now, and we've got gone full circle, and we're back home in Vancouver, and excited to be with the Giants. Well, and it's an interesting situation for you because you were an assistant coach of this team a few years ago, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure you're, you're just the second GM the Giants have ever ever had. Hasn't wasn't Scott Bonner the guy the whole the whole way through until now? It was. Uh, you know, Scott's journey was an incredible one. An Edmonton guy that uh, worked for Tri-Cities when Ron Teugel was the owner, and Ron ended up moving, uh, uh, sold his franchise, Tri-Cities. He started the franchise in, in Vancouver, and he named young Scott Bonner as the general manager. He was there for 17 years, and um, Scott decided to uh, sort of get a, uh, a shift in uh, in careers, and now he got into the agency business with Jerry Johansson, and now he's working with that group and doing very well, I might add. And they were looking for someone 
to do the job and uh, you know what for me it's perfect it's uh, it's a bit of a shift I can't say I don't miss coaching I, I, I do there's lots of things that I miss about it but I'm busy enough at this at uh, with this new job uh, learning every day and all of the things that go go along with being a general manager I'm sure Randy Hatch has talked about it uh, how busy you are and uh, it's kept me so busy and I've really enjoyed the fact that uh, I'm involved with an organization here that's right in my own backyard, and I only go 10 minutes to go to work. So it's been a great change. Uh, you know, I generally ask uh, men and women coaching at, at the junior or even high school or university level this question, for that matter, because I often get really interesting answers. For you, what are the the challenges or the highlights of dealing with men, you know, in that age group? Because they're kind of becoming who they're going to be someday, but but they're not quite there yet, right, Glenn? Yeah, well, you know what? That's exactly right. And uh, we look at these kids, we think that they're 25 years old, the way that they handle themselves. I mean, I have a son that's a 2002 birthday, and uh, I love him dearly, but there's no way he could handle the pace and the work and uh, to go to school and to to play the games and to train and uh, to live at a billet and do the things that it takes to be a Western Hockey League player. So we... We kind of look at these these kids as uh, as adults before they are adults, and that for me is the hardest thing is just to keep in check uh, exactly how old they are. And uh, for some of them, they're moving away from home for the first time. They're moving into a new environment. Uh, everything is brand new to them, so they're just trying to adjust to that. And I think it's patience. And uh, you look at a player when you're in an evaluation, and he could be 16 years old. And you have to remember, his career isn't going to be made in the next two weeks, and it's not going to be uh, destroyed in the next two weeks. So uh, it's a, there's a learning curve here for these kids. There's a learning, there's a, a development curve uh, as people and as uh, and and maturing physically. So that, but to me, I think that's the one thing that yeah, you have to understand when you're in the pro game you kind of get these kids and they don't have the opportunity to to grow or to do any of these things they have to they don't start to play until they're ready to play in the league Glenn Hanlon joining us on Inside Sports, general manager of the Vancouver Giants of the Western Hockey League. Hey, uh, i got to ask you about Jason McKee because uh, I've talked to Jason several times over the years. Spruce Grove has just been awesome in the Alberta Junior League uh, over the last seven, eight seasons, really, and uh, Steve Hamilton was the coach there before. Uh, I mean, just tell me a little bit about uh, Jason, your faith in him that uh, he can step into the major junior level now. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, when I came on as a general manager, we were kind of, uh, I jumped in more towards the tail end of the interview process, but uh, I had received a list of people that were applying for the job, and I had uh, received a, uh, a long list of people that uh, had already been interviewed, and it's very impressive. I mean, people with lots of NHL experience and lots of American League experience and lots of Western Hockey League experience, so um, this is a great league, and when you look around the coaches that are in the league, there's some wonderful coaches, and I think that's one of the, between goaltending and uh, coaching, I think that those are the two biggest improvements I, I'm sure that the league has made. So in the process here, uh, when I talked with Jason, uh, there, was a, there was a calmness about him. There was a, a person here that, uh, he's young, but I guess everybody is young to me when you're at the tail end of your coaching and uh, career, but uh, I just liked the way he carried himself. I, I liked his ability to uh, explain how he did things, how he went about his business. Uh, I liked the fact that 
coming out of the Alberta Junior, you do everything there. Um, you're you're recruiting, you're dealing with billets, you're you're coaching, you're you're dealing with parents. So uh, you're not just getting a one-dimensional type of person. So he's aware of everything that he needs to do at this level, or what I'm going through to get him players or to put a successful team on the ice. And I thought that that would make uh, a real good partnership, especially for myself, just being a first-year manager. Uh, then you have to take a look at his pedigree. And when you look at the success that he's had in the last six years, there's not many coaches in Canada that have had more wins than, than Jason had and has more success. So uh, sometimes as coaches, you can get a one-off and ride a hot goalie or everything stars kind of align. But to be able to back that up year in, year out uh, was impressive. And then at the end, there was quite a few testimonials from parents and players that uh, enjoyed their experience and uh, for us, we just felt it was a was a real good move for him to grow and for for us to grow with him. All right. Well, yeah, I think Jason's going to do really well. Glenn, I, I I have a bit of a standard question I often ask uh, ex players, so I'm going to have some fun with you here. And of course, the context of this is you played in in a, an extremely high score year in the National Hockey League. Uh, so I'll put you on the spot here. Who was the best player you played with, and who was the best player you played against? Well, you know, I, I, I hate to say one, but, and when when you say best players, um, as a fan or from the outside, you normally just look how many goals, how many assists he got, or if it was a defenseman, uh, you know, was he an offensive defenseman? But to, to be the best player, that means you almost, I think you have to include being the best teammate, and uh, there, there were so many good ones. Um, I played in St. Louis, and uh, Brian Sutter was there, and he, he was as tough as nails and a great teammate. And um, he, he had to be one of the best players, that I, and a good player on the ice, and played hurt and just did wonderful things for us. And my last uh, team was in Detroit, and I had the opportunity. Stevie Eiserman was just kind of starting out as a captain. That was his first year, and uh, he was scoring 50 goals, and at 28 years old was a terrific leader. So... Uh, he he went on to become the best player that I ever played with. Uh, perhaps at 21, 22, he wasn't the actual best player, but uh, certainly for me was a uh, was a great teammate and someone that you have. And uh, I don't know which which Oiler do you want to offend if I don't name them, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know you, you know I, you'd have to say you know Gretzky for sure was the was the one player that was on the ice that you, you just knew. You, you weren't just nervous about him. You were nervous about all other players that were on the ice because you know that they were going to be utilized. And, um, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if he ever gets tired of people just throwing accolades his way, but I, I just loved, it, loved playing against him from the fact that um, he was respectful. Like, no matter what the score was, if, if competitive as all get out if it was a one goal game, but if uh, it was one of those nights when the Oilers were starting to to run it up, uh, if a goal he scored, he would certainly not rub it in your face or to do overly excessive about his cheering or anything. And uh, for me, I have a few nights pretty grateful for that. So it would have to be Gretzky for sure. Well, well said. All right, Glenn, I got it marked on the calendar. Uh, you guys are here October 11th at Rogers Place. I have until that long to find that hockey card and bring it down to the rink. Sound good, buddy? 
Well, while you're looking for it, finally, find me Morley Scott. He owes me a beer from uh, from Jasper from 11 years ago, and I'm not going to let him <laughs> off the hook too. So, <laughs> and Morley's and Morley's worth more than my card. So make sure you bring him. That I'm excited about seeing the arena boy. We've read and heard all these great things. It's going to be an honor to get a chance to to bring our team in there, and we look forward to playing there and seeing you. Yeah, right on. Thanks a lot, Glenn, and I'm sure Morley Scott will will make good on that. Absolutely. Morley's on the show later on the night to preview the Eskimos and the Rough Riders. That was Glenn Hanlon. Every night this week, we had a WHL feature on Inside Sports. The regular season starts actually next weekend, but we're not going to have any Inside Sports next week because of all the live sports we have, so we went around the league this week. Great to have Glenn on the show. Reed Wilkins with you live in Penticton. It is 6.50. Still a whole bunch more to come. We'll continue to tee up the Oilers and the Canucks Young Stars game that will broadcast live at 8.30 tonight. We'll talk a little U of A hockey. Of course, the uh, Golden Bears will take on the Oilers rookies on Wednesday at Claire Drake Arena. You're also going to hear from former Eskimos quarterback Warren Moon as we move along inside sports on Chad. You're listening to 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Penticton, Oilers and Canucks will face off at 8.30. Young Stars Tournament. Four teams involved. We also have the Flames and the Jets. They're six minutes into the third period. Calgary leading 2-1, out shooting Winnipeg 31-18. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 6.55. Baseball tonight. Rays lead the Orioles 4-2 in the bottom of the seventh in Baltimore at Fenway. Red Sox up 3-2 on the Yankees in the top of the sixth. The Blue Jays play later at the Angels. CFL this evening. Tiger Cats up on Montreal 11-9. They're half Halfway through the third quarter, university football action tonight. The Golden Bears jumped out to a 10-0 lead at Manitoba. Well, the Bisons have now scored 20 straight points. They're up 20-10 three minutes into the second quarter. So uh, we'll keep you updated on those scores tonight. And I just got a friendly wink from a member of the Winnipeg Jets media contingent sitting next to me here in the uh, press box at the South Okanagan Events Centre in Penticton. What's coming up? Lots coming up. We'll talk a little uh, U of A of the hockey variety with their general manager, Stan Marple. When we get back, always a big night for them when they take on the Oilers rookies. That'll be Wednesday at 7 at Claire Drake Arena. We'll have it live on 6.30. Chet. We'll go to Regina Morley Scott there to cover the Eskimos and the Rough Riders, their last ever meeting at Taylor Field. And, of course, the Eskimos' uh, Shakir Bell back in at running back John White injured as the Eskimos try to snap that two-game losing streak. They dropped both ends of the home-and-home against the Calgary Stampeders. We're back after the 7 o'clock news inside sports on Chet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.